Welcome to the Everything Early Childhood podcast designed for approved providers, nominated supervisors and other childcare leaders. This fun, lighthearted and very serious podcast features weekly episodes on strategy, advice and conversations with fascinating and inspiring people from across our sector. Join the journey and have access to the tools and inspiration you need to create high performing childcare businesses. Let's get started. Hello, friends. Welcome to this week's episode of Everything Early Childhood. My name is Lisa and I'm the founder of Platinum Education Group. And I have invited Jake, I know, back for another episode to join us today to continue on our journey with answering your questions. Hello, Jake. Hello. Welcome. All right, so in today's episode of part two of our questions, and keep them coming, we love questions, uh, makes, makes, it, it helps us to make sure that our podcast is relevant um, with information that you want to know, with challenges that you have in your services right now. So question number two for us to explore today is how do I get my educators to contribute to our QIP or Quality Improvement Plan? Quip. So I guess um, going back to, we really want to set up that foundation. Um, This is my jam. I love QIPs. I see the meaning in them and I really love helping services to discover a a system and a process that works for them. Um, So when it does come to your QIP, I think the first step is really talking to your team about the importance of it. There are two most important things that you have in your service. The first one is your philosophy because that points the direction of your service and where you need to be going and helping everyone to get on board with that um, and a future vision and mission for your service um, with where you want it to be going. And then the second most powerful or most important document that you have in your service is your quality improvement plan. So we, it's important to look at why you need one. And when a quality improvement plan is done well, it makes sure that um, everybody is going in that same direction as well. So those two documents side by side um, help your team and help you to navigate your team in that good direction. Mm. And given how important the the quality improvement plan is, it's a bit of a shame that in our experience, it seems to be one of the ones which gets swept under the rug a little bit and a lot of people forget about it and put it in the box of, um, something that they just have to do and they yeah, don't like quite it's a understand drag. why it's why it's a useful thing and, and how and why it, it can actually help a service rather than it just being something that's required. Yeah, and it should be something that's a part of everything that you're already doing. Yeah. It shouldn't be seen as an extra um, you know, task that you have to do or something in the too hard basket. Yeah, which is why you just need to really Think hard, like with everything you do at the center of of how you can do it at your service in a way that works for you. Because um, yeah, we we don't want to be doing extra work. We the everything we do should be impacting the quality improvement plan. So we just need to find out and suss out some easy ways of making sure that that um, whatever it is we're doing is also reflected in the. And I think too, being really specific with what you want feedback around. So if you just say to your educators, we want feedback on our quip, 
we want feedback to add to our quip. Mm. It can seem a bit daunting and overwhelming. Yeah. But when we break it down and we're really specific about what we want feedback around, yeah. um, it can be much, much simpler. Yeah. And therein lies the importance of having having solid leadership. Like hopefully a, a leader knows and understands the has – a, has a definite idea of the direction of the service and then he's able to – to help steer the ship a little bit um, towards achieving those goals, and, and and through that, yeah, being being very specific in the feedback and the progress that is you're making. And when you have a continuous, like systems breed freedom. So when you have a system, when you um, come at everything with a systematical approach, it allows everything to be much easier because it's built into things that you're already doing. Yeah, and just habits, just making good habits, um, like. Yeah, a good habit isn't going back every six months and trying to remember stuff to put into your quip. Like, no, just make it a part of your everyday practices and processes. So um, if we look at why we need a quip, so if you're a new provider um, and you're opening a service, you need to have a quip within three months of your service approval being granted. Um, What needs to be included in a quip? Because this is another myth that we get um, thrown our way all the time. Like why does services spend so much time documenting strengths when it's not actually a requirement to have them in your quip? So what is a quip? And and for our listeners in New South Wales, what's the difference between a quip and the self-assessment? Yeah, well, I guess that's something which is like the, that difference has been made easier with the introduction of the self-assessment. Do you like, think? Oh, absolutely. Like, um, I don't. Well, the quality improvement plan, everybody used to need to include everything because that was the thing that got submitted. But they didn't. Didn't they? No. So what happened – I'll tell you what happened. So the history behind it is that a CEQA um, released a quality improvement plan template. Mm. And so, I remember it. I remember yeah, right. going to the Blue Mountains and hiding myself away in a cafe for – for nine hours, writing the thing from beginning to yeah, end. Yeah, exactly. And that's most of our experiences, but it doesn't have to be that way. Um, so when they when they um, presented this new template with this quip, um, what happened was every service then started to implement it because that's what they thought they had to do. Mm. There's no prescribed, just like our documentation, just like our framework, there's no prescribed information that needs to be included in your quip. But because a sequel had has presented this template, every service started to use it thinking that this is what had to be in it. Well, that was me. Yeah, right. Most services yeah. because that template is a starting point for most services yeah. until they develop a system that works for them. Well, then, yeah, well, then, uh, which... The self-assessment then for your average Joe Bloggs director, i.e. me, yeah, it would have it's, it's made it at least clearer that yeah. um that yeah that that your self-assessment is where you put you're putting your your strengths and your practices and whatnot. But what if I was to tell you that yes, your self-assessment acts as your quip in New South Wales, mm. but your your self-assessment is not actually the quip. Oh no, yeah, I, I, so, I understand that. So what go what a quip is and what an equip a quality improvement plan needs to include is one, it needs to identify areas that require improvement. Mm. So that's one. Two, it needs to contain your statement of philosophy of your service. And three, um, it needs to be available at your service yeah. upon request. I'm, yeah, having gone through the process of being that director who who got that template and filled that out for a, a pretty new service and, and going from beginning to, to end, going through that, thinking that was re- what was required and then also going through the self-assessment process, I... 
personally was a, a big fan of that change because it, yeah it made it much more defined and clearer that yep the self-assessment is where you put the strengths and what you're doing and then the quality improvement plan is is that and but what that's a whole nother episode the self-assessment okay. is a whole nother episode and we're not going to get into it in this one the question is quip. how do they get the educators more to contribute to the quip so we've talked about what needs to be in the quip so similar to our previous episode um, where we answered your question around the programming cycle we really want to simplify it for our teams and if you find that your teams are not contributing it could be because of one of two reasons one you you're not being clear enough with how you want them to contribute and two it's too difficult like your system that you have in place around it or you might not even have a system with how you're currently fulfilling yeah. the requirements of a QI. Well, I, I dare say that's going to be one of the biggest problems is that there's no system for contributing to the quip i i dare say that the quality improvement plan a lot of the time is a director sitting in an office and adding to the quality improvement yeah. plan. yeah like so it's not the, relevant to the rest of the team exactly. and how's how are people supposed to be contributing to that um like in a in a way that excites them it's just them telling you something for you to write down like that's yeah, that's, that's not fun. No. So let's look at how you start, right? So the first thing is to get everyone's buy-in. So it's really to look at, and in the elements, it says we need to have a continuous improvement process. Mm. So what that looks like is just having, you know, getting everyone's feedback. So from all stakeholders, from all stakeholders. Um, so you want to get feedback from your families. You want to get feedback from children. You want to get feedback from your team and your communities. And this is getting everybody involved from the from the get-go. Yeah. Like if you're struggling to get people involved, like look at it as a journey. Were they involved from the start or is it something that has been like a task that has been given to someone after the fact kind of thing. So mm -hmm. like, for example, is there a quality improvement plan in place? And then all of a sudden everybody's having to add to it. Well, add to what? Nobody knows what it is because they haven't been involved from the start. From the start. And yeah. yeah. Like, um, yeah, if, if you, if you're struggling to get people to contribute to the quality improvement plan, like, is it a, is it a good time to, to maybe reflect on, on the big picture and the big quality improvement plan and, and, and just, yeah, maybe rethink some things and, and, don't be scared to start from that process of gathering data and gathering feedback from the start so that they're involved from the start. And we'd recommend doing that at least yearly anyway yeah, because yeah. you want to make sure that what you're working on is relevant yeah. um, to your to all of your stakeholders. Yeah, and you'll have new families and you'll have new new children and new educators. So, so yes, start that cycle. From the beginning. Yeah. So that's your first step. So get that buy-in, get that feedback, get everyone involved in that continuous improvement process. And when you're doing that, just make it easy. Like, just again, just don't ask for for general feedback. Feel free to just make it easy for people to give you feedback. Like, ask them just what are, what are some of your values um, from this list? So, yeah, we look at values a lot with everything we do. Um, values really inform the philosophy of the service. Um, when we look at our improvements, we really want to assess um, – where their current level of knowledge is. So spend your team meetings. The first step in that process 
the quality of feedback that you receive will be the quality of knowledge that you give your team. So we assess very early on that um, if we didn't equip our team and set them up for success with the knowledge that we were going to get really basic answers back to our feedback. We were going to get things like we need more staff because we're not supervising adequately. We need more resources. We need, um, you know, we want more programming time. So those are things that directly impact their experience at the center but we need them to look at a bigger picture and and in order for them to do that they need to have all the information so really get up you know the overview sheet to the national quality standards and elements have that up everywhere every time you give feedback about something refer to those um, elements with why it's important and what it relates to Um, in your team meeting start delving in get the guide to the national quality framework out and actually look through it and work out what's required under each of those elements and what does that look like in your service so paint the picture build up that knowledge you are in a if you've just been through assessment and rating you're in a really great position to be able to um like to be able to start this process all the way from the beginning. If you're not, if you're due for assessment and rating, now you're at a more crucial part where you sort of just need that feedback so that it can inform your improvement plan. So once you've got all of that data and all of that information back from your team, it can be through a simple questionnaire. Then you want to look at that information and look at what your service needs improving. So once you identify your improvements, it's really, really common um, for Jake or I to go into services and um, see them having 7, 14, Mm. 15 goals, um, which is insane. Mm. I always ask how they're going with it because what we find is most services feel like that they need to have a goal for every single quality area. And there might be things in in certain quality areas that you want to improve and that's fine. Brainstorm, get out of your head, utilize all of this information from your stakeholders, write it all down, then develop goals. Now, I hate the word goals. I hate the word improvement. So I always call them priorities. And at the start of every single year, write down and come up with those priorities. Maximum three to four for the whole service. If you have if you have enough um, if you have enough goals that you can't remember what they all are when somebody asks you, then you've probably got too many. Um, and yeah, well, it's obviously not something which is super ingrained in the in the happenings of the service. Um, yeah, you want enough to be able to actually remember what they are. Yeah, and and science and research yeah. suggest that we can only remember things in three to four. So the example that I always give on repeat is about a phone number. So when we repeat a mobile phone number, we go 0414163076. So in three to fours. So it's really important to have maximum three to four. We need to stop thinking about the quality areas as separate and start thinking about them as integrated. Mm. So when you come up with all of your improvements, you then need to categorize them into three to four categories and come up with a, um, a, a, a priority that works and that involves children, that involves families and that involves the team. Yeah. So what's an example of that? So um, maybe talk about the well-being one. Yep, so uh, this is an overarching priority would be to be ensuring that the the well-being, physical and mental well-being is positive for educators, 
children and families. So it's not just something that you're focusing on with um, just the children mm. or just your team. You're taking a holistic approach and you're looking at it from um, not just inside your service, but thinking about it from outside your yeah. service, the big picture. And that's the, like that's not a goal, like um, having having positive mental and physical well-being for everyone. That's not a goal. That's not something you can look back and go, yep, done that, what's next? Um, you're going to have little actions within that overarching priority to to be working towards and constantly chipping away at that priority. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's and, and within that priority, you'll have things that you can accomplish and look back and say, yes, I've done that. But um, yeah, you'll always be able to add things and take things away from, from what it is you're doing to be working towards that priority. And so the requirement is that you update. So then once you have, sorry, I'll reverse a little bit. Once you have that priority or that goal or improvement, whatever phrase you want to use in your service, then all you need to be doing is then documenting your progress notes with how you're currently doing that each month. How are you informing continuous improvement in your service? Yeah, and you need to find, a again, like with everything, and we keep on talking about it, but find a way of doing that which works within your service. Um, like one thing what worked for me, which might not work for everybody else, but one thing what worked for me was having was was documenting it as an action plan within a priority. So having specific actions to be taking towards that priority, um, and then and then having a list of um, yeah what what we're doing by when by whom um, yeah and then and then being able to track the progress of that and I, not even me I wasn't even tracking the progress of that it was somebody who was who was championing that priority um, yeah that was a responsibility that was that was given off to somebody else and then I would just be able to have a look back and, and make sure that actions are in fact being taken and then yeah great quality improvement plan in action and I think that that is really a good reminder that whilst we wear many, many hats in a service or we can wear many, many hats, we don't have to wear all of them. And it is no. important to delegate. And this is one of the things that you can delegate to someone who's passionate about those um, that certain yeah. goal or improvement. Be a, be a hat shop. Make hats and give them out to people. <laughs> what colour was your hat? Black. Black and black hat. Um, no, so what we want to do and really identify. So again, the more that you know that that your team members, the more that you know their strengths, the more that you know um, what they love, what they're good at, how they tick, what motivates them, um, you'll be able to identify the right people to give these goals and assign these goals Absolutely. to. Absolutely. And these priorities, like a lot of the time, they're able to be things which which – People are quite passionate about in society, like well-being. Like I'm, I've definitely met people who were, who were very much into that. I think you've had a self-care week for your well-being, Lisa, and um, yeah, like it's there's a lot of people who are into those kinds of things. Like other examples, sustainability. There's a lot of people who get really passionate about championing, championing that side of things. Um, yeah, yeah, find people who are into it. And we call them squad leaders or tribe leaders or champions. champions captains. <laughs> yeah, whatever bosses, phrase. <laughs> maybe, oh, maybe not bosses. It, uh. Whatever phrase you want to use in your service, but make it really fun. Think about how you're going to do it. So you need to give them time um, in order to research and time in order to document and then build in to every team meeting that they come, that people should be hearing their voice. Yeah. 
give them time to be able to share with the team what they've accomplished for the previous month, the whole team, and what you're going to be working on for the next month. Well, and I think that's a fun point to focus on as well is is give people time. Like you're you're able to, to hand these people time to pursue their their passions or, or or something that they're interested in i mean at the most superficial of levels they might just be enjoying some time off the floor to be working on something um working on something outside of their of their ordinary nine to five job um yeah and then and then that's that's just a good example of getting people involved in the quality improvement plan and 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 having them actually be excited about it and and the more the more people you involve in it and the more people you get championing or captaining or whatever these these areas well then that will filter throughout the team and that will like those those seeds shall spread and sprout and turn into beautiful sunflowers and so what we need to look at is once you've got those people, once you have those meetings, once they're talking about what you've done the previous month and collating that, um, and they can collate it however they want to collate it. It's mm. their work, it's their project. And then um, talk about what you're going to achieve for the next month. Really aid your team in a system to be able to get that documentation through. So one of the biggest um, strategies that we use in services is to use our educational platform. So if you use a digital platform for documenting children's learning, you can easily just create tags. So just create tags that are in line with your three to four priorities. So anytime that the educators are doing something um, that meets one of those priorities, they can literally just flag it and then so at the end of the month when you're collating all of that feedback, then um, that person who's championing it, champion, championing, oh championing. Gosh, thank you, um, it can just collate all of that feedback and add that in there mm. as progress notes. Yeah. And again, like it's work, work, work smarter. It's if the information is already there, then just just use it. Don't you don't have to rewrite it. You don't have to just try and go back and and recall what everything that's happened throughout that month because it should hopefully be already documented somewhere. Yeah. Uh, whether it's just dragging an email you sent out to families across into your into whatever, whether it's going back or to your programming. Or just put a date. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just have a system. Refer to it. Yep, have your a emails system. don't get deleted. Just, just know yep. where it is. And if should you have to access it, then you're able to access it. But, um, yeah, it's just as long as you know where it is and that the link is there. Yeah, so just write down, you know, like email from family and then the date and then yeah. you'll know where that is and you can search for it for that date. Um, you don't need to have evidence folders, um, but you can. Um, we'll maybe talk – I think I already did – it. yeah, I did an episode on exceeding themes, so go back and listen to that um, because we're not going to go into that today. So there's three steps to, I guess, an improvement process. The first step is your philosophy – the second step is your QIP and documenting their those progress notes. And then your third step is documenting your exceeding themes. Now, for any service that is already at a meeting level, everything that you're documenting within your QIP should be also matching those exceeding themes. So get really intelligent with how you're making sure that you're collecting evidence within your priorities on those exceeding yeah. themes. Until you until you wrap your head around it, get those three exceeding themes printed and, and stuck on your wall so that they just yeah that's that's certainly why i had on my wall for about 
two years. <laughs> two years. Um, and so you want to get really smart with what you actually need to have. So again, get the guide out, get the guide to the National Quality Framework, look in there, it lists what to observe, cite and discuss. So when they look at citing, that's the documentation and that would be examples of evidence that you can collect for those elements. So it's like literally the I call it, I, I, I'm, I don't mean this, but like a Bible to really go there and um, actually see what you need and what you can use for evidence. Mm. Um, so how else? How else can we include and get educators to contribute? So one, building their knowledge. Two, building the system around it and easy strategies for them to be able to contribute communication I think is the, be- the best one like it has to be clear communication with exactly what your goals are and exactly what you expect them to be yeah. working on for that month and the, the process just needs to be ingrained in in everything you're doing like if 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 you're forgetting about the QIP and then remembering in a couple of months oh shivers I haven't added to the QIP in a little bit and then quickly scrambling to get everybody to contribute to it chances are they're picking up that it is something that's only just been remembered and so isn't isn't an important, important thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it needs to be remembered and actually used and not just another thing to do. And I would say that um, a director, nominated supervisor, 80% of their role is QIP. Oh, well, yeah, it's... All-encompassing. Yeah, and it's the understanding of that, though, which gets lost. Like the QIP, it's not just the physical document of the thing that you submit and have to give evidence of what the paperweight sitting yeah, sitting yeah, in the foyer exactly, in a folder yeah exactly, exactly. yeah that's that's not your qip your so QIP they're losing the meaning the meaning yes. of it yeah and it's such a meaningful document and when done effectively um it can all it can build morale bring the team together yeah. really create camaraderie yeah. a good culture because like what are the what are the other kind of things that that we have to be doing we have to be doing our programming and planning We've got lots of people holding us to account for that. We've got our families who notice it if it's missing. We've got our educators who notice it if it's missing because they're, we've always had to do it for, for, for decades. Programming planning has always been something that's always been there, no matter your generation. Um, health and safety is obviously always there all the time. We've always got checklists. But who's holding people to account for the quality improvement plan? Um, I guess that's just my theory over why it gets forgotten so many times because if the director forgets the quality improvement plan, they're not going to get pulled up on it. Until, until they get called until, for until they get pulled up on it. And I mean I mean it's probably a good opportunity to talk about the changes. So obviously the notice period is changing mm. from one to five days. Yeah. So hence it's so more important it's be a lot harder to fudge. Yeah. It's more important to make sure that you do have a system in place for ensuring that it's always up to date. Yeah. Now what up to date, let's talk about what up to date means. Because I'm getting a lot of questions and confusion because a lot of services will actually seventy five percent of services in New South Wales are now opting into the self-assessment working document, which is fine. But what an actual QIP is, is your identifying your areas for improvement and documenting the progress notes. Mm. When they say a QIP up to date, that is what needs to be up to date. There needs to be progress. Yes. Progress being the keyword. Yes. When we talk about the self-assessment, which is in a previous episode, so go back and listen um, to that one. But when we talk about that, that's a separate document to identify those key practices. It's not a replacement. 
like you, you it's they they call it a replacement but you still need a quality improvement plan you though. you need so in the self assessment it does allow you to at the bottom of each standard to address your improvements mm. and that is the improvement part of it yeah so it's part of the self assessment working document but it is like the quality improvement plan and the self assessment you, you, are yeah, separate. You, you still need to be having a quality improvement yeah. plan. Highlighting your quality improvements within the self-assessment and your doesn't progress. cut it. Like no. you, you need to be having a quality improvement plan because that's going to be the thing which shows your progress. Like you can sit down and you you can write a self-assessment. Like you can yeah. and and then you can rewrite it or whatever. But it's it's not the most natural place to be documenting progress. You can't because that's just focusing on things that you're already doing, yeah. going above and beyond, yeah. like addressing those yeah. exceeding things. Like a good quality improvement plan, you're able to see a journey, which is why oh, calling yes. back to the to the action plan that that, that that was my way of doing it, um, and a, a way that I like because you're able to see a journey, and I love I love ticking me them boxes, and you're able to tick the box of an action being completed, and then you're able to move on to the next thing. And um, and then, yeah, you're able to see a journey of your quality improvement. And we go, we sit down and we go through services and we um, look at what their current QIP is. We collate it into three or four goals and really help them to focus on it and get, you know, map out that journey to exceeding. Mm. Um, and we look at so many different examples. My default was always a visual um, QIP. So we had photos and educators were able to easily contribute to that. And I loved so much to look back through those yeah. those journeys. Like we had one of our goal, our sustainability goal for our service went for three years mm. and it, was, it would have still been going. Um, and it was really amazing to be able to look back at that story. And it's fun kind of like seeing the different voices in there too. Like um, I I've seen centres who have those kinds of, of goals and kind of a scrapbook idea of, of having the quality improvement plan, which has spanned over a number of years. And you're able to see um, like different people contributing different things to that quality improvement plan. And it just really adds to the authenticity of it, but also the enjoyment of it. And, and I know it's hard to believe that the quality improvement plan could be enjoyable to not only do, but to read through. But um yeah, it's it, it's it's a good way of showing how far you've come towards a certain priority. And and again, it needs to work for you and your team and your yep. service. Um, you know, Jake already mentioned before, a living document, a working document. It has to be something that works for you. Um, I, I really hate when they're just away in a folder and just trapped away. No one ever looks at it. So really think about um, how you can how you, what it will need to look like or um, be for you to be excited about it and yeah. want to do it. Yeah. I guess that that's, that's the first place to start is, is, is finding out how you can make it as enjoyable as possible because like we, we all want to do stuff what's fun. <laughs> yeah. And how to get that fun and joy back. Yeah. yeah. With your teams as well. And you know, your team's better than anyone. Um, what works for them? Like stop getting, I, I, I like when you get frustrated, it's an opportunity to step outside of your comfort zone and look at some different strategies and try different strategies that yeah. will work. Like, yeah, people are asking why people aren't contributing to the QIP and we, we, like, we can't answer that. <laughs> like there's the, the, well, it's individual it's for individual, every service. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. All, yeah, all we can do is make it 
and give strategies for well, making it yeah, easy Yeah, simplify as it and make it really simple. Yeah. But again, coming up with that system. Again, it's, it's all about systems and embedding those systems in your practice so that it, it does build that habit. Yeah, habits. Yeah, yeah. Habits and people and people are used to it and they know what's expected. Yeah, I mean, it just becomes a part of part of it, part of everything, not, not something, not a box to tick. Yep. So I guess another strategies or other strategies that we've seen used in services is that we have like a question of the week. So educators just add to that question of the week. Mm. Um, we've seen um, and what we used is we just had a, our, our four priorities and then we would discuss with our leadership team and in our team meeting what we were going to work on. We put on, in, on post-it notes just up in the foyer exactly what we were working on for that month. Um, and then educators just contributed to those. We've seen pin boards like where the educators will just put photos on there and then that will be collated at the end of the month. We've also um, helped educators to use the guide to the National Quality Framework. And every time they do something, have a conversation with it, they literally just put a post-it note in the pages of the elements in there um, that work for them. Others want to display all the elements on the wall. (laughs) I I hate it. It does my head in and overwhelms me, but that's what everyone's different. Um, And so they display all the elements on the wall and then they just stick up all their post-it notes and at the end of the month, they'll just collect all of their progress it's just about making it easy like nobody nobody really thinks oh well, i mean maybe some people do and if if they do i'd love to talk to them but not like i haven't met anyone who thinks all day in terms of the seven um quality areas like the, the, what do you mean how do you think i think in terms of goals and realistic thoughts like i'm not thinking today yeah, I'm, today i'm going to go to work and i'm going to do quality <laughs> area seven Review my I'm policies gonna, and procedures. Yeah. Like no, I'm I'm just going to review my policies and procedures. Like yes. it's it's true, true. like linking to to the quality standards is a thing that comes after the fact. Like it's yes. it, it, it's a thing that I'm linking and providing evidence to because because it's so like ingrained within my head. It all just kind of models together and it's all just a part of the bigger picture. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, if you're like in in my mind and what worked in my experience, like if you're if you're segmenting things into those seven quality quality areas well then like it's a lot more work it's a lot more work and it's it's it's, um, again we're trying to make it easy for people to contribute yeah and that's not a natural way of thinking if you're looking at a notice board and you're saying oh quality area four (laughs) that's not as inviting as oh health and well-being great like that's a natural thing to be thinking of and to be working towards yeah and big huge goals things that you're going to it's going to take time to achieve Mm. like we always say we always have a rule if you can fix it straight away just just fix it don't add it in your qip it's not necessary um it's the big vision and big goals um towards those improvements improvements so i hope this has helped and answered your question how do we get educators to contribute to our qip um and if you're wanting support at your service with your qip to really simplify it get your team involved um and to have it a really beautiful working document make it fun and make it really fun and meaningful for your team let us know we can definitely support you with that that's one of our most popular services um, otherwise, um, let us know if you've got any further questions that you want us to delve into. It's been um, our pleasure or my pleasure to join you all today. I'm mine. And mine thanks, too. thanks for joining us, Jake. No worries. Um, and my we, pleasure. We look forward to um, chatting with you next week, um, answering another question from a listener with how to get families input in service decision-making processes. Yeah. So just a reminder to keep making every moment count and we can't wait to chat with you next week. Bye.
Thanks for listening to the Everything Early Childhood podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. We read them all. (laughs) To catch all the latest from me, your host, Lisa Brown, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Lisa Brown underscore Platinum Ed. Thanks again for listening. Keep making every moment count and I'll see you next time.